People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money. You say you hear us and that you understand the urgency. But no matter how sad and angry I am, I do not want to believe that. Because if you really understood the situation, and still kept on failing to act, then you would be evil. Breaking news now on Fox News Channel, new reporting from the Wall Street Journal on the whistleblower who's filed what the Trump-appointed Inspector General deemed credible and urgent complaint. President Trump, in a phone call, repeatedly pressured the president of Ukraine to investigate the Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's son, urging the Ukraine president about eight times to work with Rudy Giuliani, his personal lawyer, on a probe. And just in the last hour, the Washington Post is also reporting that Trump ordered a hold on military aid to Ukraine days before his call to that country's president. My conversation with the president, the new president of Ukraine, was perfect. They put out a statement last night. They said the same thing. It was a warm, friendly conversation. There was no quid pro quo. There was nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. Greetings. And welcome to this final summer episode of the Blue Ridge Strategic Podcast, the show where two Democratic Party operators share all the insights we have for you on the messaging, opportunities, and dangers in the current political landscape. We equip you with the tools to fight back and maybe help you keep your sanity along the way. And there's a lot to make you question your sanity going on right now. I'm Aaron P., and we took September off from recording a pod, but now the news has just been stuck on caps lock. So we can't wait any longer. There's so much to cover in the top half of the show, and we are not going to be able to get to a fraction of it. But Kevin B. is here to help us sort it out. What up? Kevin, we are going to talk a lot about the state of the 2020 race. Look at what the hell has happened to our country this summer in the top half. What are we covering in the second half? Uh, we'll get into what we've done here in the Blue Ridge shop since we last put out a pod just because you guys didn't get an episode doesn't mean we haven't been busy and we're going to get you up to speed on the latest in our efforts to infiltrate and disrupt the far right safe spaces on the internet, the political work we're doing here in our home state of North Carolina, the dark arts of influencing the influencers, some proposals on gun reforms that we put out in September. We'll cover some of our lobbying efforts, the next installment in our series on safe sex, and as always, the KPIs. Uh, you ready to get into this? So ready. I'm so excited. I've been waiting to do this for a while, so let's uh, let's get into it. We kick off our meetings always with uh, what we've seen, so so let's do it. It's October of 2019, and uh, since we last touched base, the world has uh, essentially started melting down. You know, we've got conflict in the Middle East that's escalated into a global geopolitical nightmare. Uh, China is in the midst of a prolonged, massive democratic uprising in Hong Kong that's recently turned deadly. Latin America reeling from the collapse of Venezuela and the crisis that comes around every summer with the migration months. Brexit is going about as well as you might have expected. And at home, uh, the president is using every lever of power at his disposal to openly collude with foreign governments to try and help him dredge up any dirt of value on his political opponents, which 
if you think about it, actually isn't really anything new. Um, however, this time we're seeing it happen, like out in the open, thanks to some brave whistleblowers, and uh, the world gets to see it. So <laughs> what are we going to do? That's, that's where we start the pod, because that is the news that eclipses all other news right now. Uh, set the scene up for us, Aaron. Okay, well, the uh, president probably sat somewhere in front of his TV with a bunch of Big Macs and a liter of Diet Coke and watched special counsel Robert Mueller testify before Congress on July 24th. You know, nothing terribly newsworthy maybe happened that day. All he was legally able to do was describe the facts we already knew about the methodology of Trump's collusion with Russia and his myriad attempts to cover up and obstruct any investigation into it. And, and we've been begging Nancy Pelosi to impeach him for months beforehand because good reporters had already sort of laid out the contours of the investigation and the severity of the crimes were pretty evident in his wanton disregard for the law. Uh, looking at the scope of the Mueller investigation, it's just one example amongst a vast array of conduct that really rose uh, beyond the threshold for impeachable offenses. But nevertheless, uh, here we were, uh, Mueller testifying, and, and Trump probably saw that he was going to continue to go about his life committing crime after crime and selling out anyone and everyone in his path. Uh, but maybe the, the one to back up noteworthy thing in the entire testimony that day uh, was when special counsel Mueller told uh, Republican representative Ken Buck of Colorado that a president could be charged with a crime after leaving office. And, and maybe that uh, if Trump didn't already suspect it, uh, it probably did make him choke on a McNugget. And it, it definitely got him focused on making absolutely certain that he tries to run out the clock on maybe the statute of limitations on, you know, a lot of these 2015, 2016 crimes by winning in 2020. So sending his proxies to work with foreign governments and to dredge up dirt on his opponents was the playbook that worked for him once. He now had no reason whatsoever to suspect that he wouldn't be able to get away with it again. So that's exactly what he did the very next day. He got on the horn with the new incoming elected president of Ukraine. And after celebrating how well Mueller's testimony went for him, as you all know all too well now, he made the president of Ukraine a quid pro quo offer of military assistance only in exchange for help getting political dirt. You want to buy those missiles? I need you to do us a favor, though. Yeah, military assistance of these sort of anti-tank javelin missiles that uh, Ukraine desperately needs in their fight against the Russian army with whom they're currently in a hot war on their eastern front. And Trump just blocked it unilaterally. Uh, it's important people understand that since invading and seizing Crimea and getting kicked out of the G7, Russia has also waged a brutal asymmetric war in the eastern Ukrainian breakaway regions of Luhansk and Donetsk. They've also been hurriedly trying to build bridges and oil pipelines and shore up their infrastructural connective tissue between the actual recognized Russian border and the port bases in Crimea that they're occupying. Uh, Crimea is Russia's only warm water port as all the other naval bases get locked by ice in the winter, so this is a significant strategic asset for them. Slowing down or even denying Russia's ability to make full utility of Crimea as a military stronghold against the West would be the kind of thing a normal president would be <laughs> interested in, but alas, we have no such person at the helm of the ship right now. Um, Russia's cultural heritage in the Black Sea also goes Back to Kievan Rus times, the 13th century, Ukraine was the Ukraine and effectively a part of Russia during the Soviet days. And since Putin uh, see this time, this moment, saw this moment in history as an opening to make <laughs> to make Russia the USSR again, 
uh, this was a predictable move. So when the country in 2014 wanted to turn more towards Western Europe and the people of Ukraine rose up in the Maidan revolution against Paul Manafort's last client, then president of Ukraine, uh, Yanukovych, who was a pro-Russian patsy, Putin used the same playbook they had been executing in places like Georgia and all over Eastern Europe, pouring troops into the border and fighting uh, undeclared destabilizing wars. They had been doing that to this day, trying to bleed Kiev dry and break pieces of Ukraine off little by little. Uh, this type of military action to grab land hasn't been seen since World War II and would be the kind of aggression you'd correctly assume would necessitate military aid being sent by NATO countries and by our Congress to this region to help prop up the country from falling to Putin's army. And, you know, that's just been an, a normal thing to, to do in, in American politics is not allow Russia to continue to get back to where they were, but... That was the whole point of the Cold War. It was restricting and containing the Warsaw Pact. Here we are uh, in, you know, 2019, 2020, and Russia is still fighting the Cold War while the rest of us uh, appear to be asleep. So, you know, Trump looked at all the congressionally appropriated military aid and, you know, decided he would just block this assistance package until he could extract some political dirt on his opponent. And he drug everybody in with him. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was on the call uh, between Trump and Zelensky, and he was aware of the quid pro quo. Um, one of Vice President Pence's top aides was on the call. Pence got a transcript of the call before he met with the president of Ukraine, uh, himself uh, threatening to withhold military aid on that call uh, or, or during that meeting. Russian state TV announced that U.S. officials would not be attending the president of Ukraine's inauguration. And then the next day, Trump instructed Pence to cancel a planned trip to that inauguration. Uh, he sent Energy Secretary Rick Perry instead. Uh, and it turns out <laughs> he's resigning. Two of Trump's top envoys to Ukraine bent American foreign policy and, and drafted a statement for the president of Ukraine that would have committed them to pursuing investigations into his political opponents, you know, the Bidens. Uh, one of them was the acting ambassador to Ukraine who has since resigned. Leaks of their texts, which came out last week, show that they held up meetings uh, between Trump and the president of Ukraine to force that cooperation to get the dirt. And they knew in real time that this was bad. The texts are very damning. You should check them out. We'll include them in the show notes. And Trump had even dispatched his personal lawyer on multiple occasions to meet with Ukrainian officials to lean on them about investigating his political rivals. And that once respected lawyer sent a Trump Tower branded dossier as if it were from the White House. It was postmarked, you know, return address to the White House. Uh, and it was full of this like thoroughly debunked and just batshit insane conspiracy theories. And he sent it to the State Department where Secretary Pompeo started circulating it among his top aides. And that prompted another whistleblower to come forward and urgently briefed Congress about it. Shit at this point had hit an industrial grade fan, Kevin. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, the, the details of this act are not in doubt and only get more and more fleshed out as the hours pass. Hell, you'll probably have the audio of the infamous call by the time this comes out. But what's important in this, uh, acting alone, Trump put our relationship with many other countries and thus global security at risk for his own personal political gain. It has got to be up there with the most serious crimes against this country that he's committed so far. And thankfully, even his own appointees within the government have taken notice. Another such brave whistleblower, blower, the one you're probably thinking of, 
from one of the three-letter agencies within the intelligence community got a hold of this transcript of the call and tried to escalate it in uh, in a complaint outlining this clearly criminal conspiracy to the intent in a, to the IC Inspector General. That ICIG found the whistleblower complaint to be credible and urgent, uh, which is a, a legal term, um, and passed it to the DNI, who was supposed to hand it to Congress immediately. He didn't, choosing rather to share this complaint with the Justice Department and the White House. <laughs> uh, Attorney General Barr uh, and the DOJ responded received this complaint and very quickly decided that there was definitely nothing here worth investigating i i'm you know shocked and shocked and <laughs> blow me over i'm telling you uh, that's probably because Barr was busy going around personally to ukraine australia italy and the uk trying to dig up dirt on political on trump's political rivals uh congress dragged the dni out for public hearings to eviscerate him for it and that day congress members were able to see the whistleblower complaint and really all hell has broken loose since uh and then this all culminates in speaker pelosi announcing the opening of an impeachment query uh inquiry finally at the end of september not a day too soon nancy thank you very much Ugh, praise uh congress has unleashed an onslaught of subpoenas at the administration uh, which Trump and his administration will probably most certainly ignore. Uh, it's, you know, it's all a part of the just wait it out, hope for the best. We're not the clock. Mm-hmm. It was discovered that the transcript of the call had been moved improperly from the place it was supposed to be to a secret server meant for the most sensitive and top secret compartmentalized conversations. A secret server. You could not make this up. I'm, ugh. It, it it I I I have to check every article to make sure it's not the onion. It's every every time. It's just you know looking for emails in Ukraine. I'm getting ahead of myself though. Uh, so, but it, it it turns out once you boot up that secret server, you discover Trump really doesn't want anyone within his national national security council to have access to the records of his calls concerning not just this Ukraine the the Ukraine thing, but with Putin and Saudi Arabia as well. I mean, it looks like Trump moved conversations with China there too, because surprise, surprise, he's been asking that country for assistance finding dirt on political opponents in, uh, and in just the past few days, he's threatened the whistleblower, accused one or more of his top national security aides of being spies, demanded that the House chair be in- interrogated on suspicion of treason, which is a capital offense, Uh, And threatened to ferment a civil war. (sighs) Kevin, I want a prediction from you. Given the multitude of crimes which you've just laid out and uh, which have been admitted to now by the president, some of them in tweets, the uh, does he get impeached before 2020? And does he get removed from office by the Senate? Okay, I have so many thoughts on this. I'll answer... In two phases. Does he get impeached before 2020? Yes. 100%. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I don't know what the numbers on predict it are, but I bet you're not going to make any money on that bet. We'll check with uh, Nate Silver and see what his numbers are. (laughs) The last time we were sitting down to record a pod, it was like, damn, so many things should get impeached, but there was no momentum for it. But now, well over the impeachment threshold has been met already in in the house so it's not a question of whether we can whip the support for it 
Dems are there and it's only going to go more downhill. And now we're starting to get Republicans and Republicans in the Senate and Republican governors and decent human beings who recognize what this is. Uh, so I think you're right that we're definitely going to get impeached. But what's the second phase? Uh, so removing him from office, I'll say that um, a couple months ago, I thought maybe he gets impeached. Absolutely no chance. There is no situation in which he's removed from office. Um, then all of this started to break. And I remember that like we were going to record an episode and like it kind of didn't work out. And then we're like, should we record on Monday or on, I believe, Saturday? And we were both kind of like, let's just wait a week. Let's see what happens. And it was that week. It was that week. And then everything in the whole world happened all at once. And that second day, I felt something like the day after kind of the news began to break before the impeachment was announced. But it just felt like something is changing. It was really, really wild. I don't think he'll be removed from office is my answer. But I don't think it's impossible. I mean, Mitt Romney is now he got he got what six or seven tweets from Trump yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he's and that's I mean, you you know what I mean? Like it's it's starting to happen. Trump Trump is is absolutely beginning. I mean, he's been losing his like actually losing his mind. I'm not saying like, oh man, he's going crazy. I mean, he's beginning to deteriorate as a sure. as a person, and he's going to continue to make these bad decisions, and he's going to piss off one after one after one. And I don't remember who said it, but they said there's at least 30 who would who would do it if it was a private vote. Well, it's not a private vote, and you're a coward for saying that. But those people might start to come out, <laughs> right? And and it's not, you know, this is is the Nixonian wave going to happen? I really don't know. But the fact that I don't know is so exciting. It's so exciting because it's in a completely different place than we were just weeks ago. Ugh, it's it's wild. So yes, impeached. I say impeached with the support of at least forty Republicans. Because they want to be, they don't want to be on record, you know? And then I say, uh, maybe, maybe there's between 55 and 62 votes, but maybe not there. I don't know. I don't know either. I, uh, you know, in, in an earlier episode, we talked about how a lot of these folks like Mitch McConnell, uh, made this sort of like Faustian bargain. And they're like, we're going to hitch our wagon to Trump evangelicals. They're going to say, you know what? We are going to get as extract as much policy that we can get from the Trumps or, you know, not the Trumps, but the Trump administration. Um, just get as, as much out of it for the causes that we care about and, you know, be willing to look over some of the horrible things about Trump as a person or as a, you know, criminal. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have always felt like Mitch McConnell does have political savvy and would be willing to go against Trump when he sees that he doesn't have any political capital left. So I expect it's possible that he will get removed by the Senate if the nation is in a place where he's really tanking in a Nixonian way. So, yeah, <laughs> it's so exciting. It's so exciting. But regardless of, of what happens, you know, the earth is not going to stop spinning. 
warming. Climate change remains an immediate growing threat to global security. It would be nice to have a president who cared about that. Uh, other threats to global security are out there. The North Koreans continue to do missile tests. Uh, Trump fired John Bolton and Iran started bombing Saudi oil fields within a week, within a couple of days. Uh, Iran, it turns out, also is attempting to hack all the Microsoft software that the Trump re-election campaign has been using with at least four successful penetrations. Uh, this has on the other side led to uh, troop deployments which have come sort of at the instruction of Mohammed Bonesaw who uh, well, let's not forget had an American journalist gruesomely murdered uh, Hong Kong having an uprising Seoul also having a, a massive protest yeah. against a, a corrupt prosecutor uh, that's very new and, and very hot right now uh, Brett Kavanaugh we all forgot lied to Congress <sighs> Uh, which we knew, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, nice to have confirmation of that. Uh, India and Pakistan at each other's throats. Uh, over the past two months, the entire Acosta-Epstein saga played out. Uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin uh, has apparently been enabling the hiding of Trump's lawfully requested tax records. And now we have a whistleblower in the IRS and the Treasury who is... <laughs> Uh, also going to work with Congress on that. None of these things are going away. You can't sharpie them away. We don't have time to talk about all of them. So I think we need to break out the rapid fire segment. Kevin, can you take it away? Okay. Okay. So um, I have a question. Did we get a deal on the Chinese trade war? I don't believe so. I believe we have given away $28 billion to American farmers, which is twice the size of the uh, GM bailout. That sounds, that sounds about right to me. Uh, so no deal there. Did we? So how's the, how's the new Trump deal in Iran? Uh, I believe we tore up the deal in Iran, and now uh, we're at each other's throats. So no deal there. Oh well, uh, I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, oh well, the new roads, the in the infrastructure bill that that went that went well, right? Happy infrastructure week. Maybe they will get a deal on infrastructure, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wall is going up, right? We, we've got the wall. Yeah, I, for, I forget. Did did Mexico ever send us that check for the wall or? Uh... No, we're paying for it. Oh, that's right. Ah, oh, dang. So oh. no deal on the wall either. Well, at least North Korea gave up the nukes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, North Korea just broke off the negotiations in uh, Sweden or wherever they're at yesterday night. Yeah. This was a resumption after the last time they broke off. Maybe they'll send him a nice enormous letter. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be lovely. It'll be a beautiful letter. It'll be a love letter. Well, you know, at least with, with all of this stuff, at least the entirety of, of half of the country isn't just yelling at a 16-year-old uh, girl who's just trying to save the world, who f- went over here on a zero-carbon sailboat to eviscerate the UN when everybody kind of gave a little <laughs> and then moved on to not doing anything about it. And then everybody's saying, well, she's evil and she's the Antichrist. I'll tell you what, it's fun to watch that. So at least that's not happening. You know, we're not just tearing up Greta. I actually enjoy the way she really triggers the people on the right. I think that she is something that can be weaponized going forward because she's broken into like the AOC sphere of oh yeah, like making people very upset. So <laughs> that that's a fun one. That is actually. We great. will continue to follow Greta Thunberg as she goes around triggering these snowflakes. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, it sounds like there have not been a lot of deals going on in uh, Trump world. The great, yeah. the greatest negotiator of all time. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking sad. Um, at least Trump has done something about gun violence. He has. 
nothing. I actually should point out, earlier in the Trump presidency, after the uh, Las Vegas shooting in which hundreds of people got riddled with bullets, Trump did actually do something on guns. He got rid of the bump stocks. Yeah. And all the Second Amendment folks who had called Obama tyrant for even talking about guns looked at that bump stock ban and said, tread harder, daddy. Please, please take away my bump stocks. <laughs> okay. One last note on that. They're just the people who are the MAGA hats. The red hats are never going to say no to Trump. They're just, you know, they follow him and they follow what he says to a T. When Trump says, I need, you know, when Trump implies I need something done, right? When he says, you know, I, you know, we know we, we used to treat these people a certain way. The red hats treat him a certain way. Uh, last time that Trump went off on a shit-posting tweet storm, that prompted the MAGA bomber to send IEDs by FedEx to everyone that Trump mentioned. Uh, the time following, a series of tweets targeting black and brown members of Congress, such as Cummings and the squad, what did we get? Yet more shootings with uh, assault rifles. We had mass shootings uh, in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, we had uh, El Paso Walmart shootings. We had spree shootings in Odessa and Midland in Texas. Uh, we just had a mass shooting in a nightclub uh, yesterday night in uh, Kansas, I believe. Uh, the violence is only escalating and uh i don't i don't even know like what to make of it we're so desensitized as a country uh to the gun violence yeah and and i mean to to be fair you can't lay this all at trump's feet but there's a clear and understood correlation between rhetoric and violence and uptick in hate crimes and a likelihood of another quote-unquote lone wolf attack will will often will will drive will be driven by either like ideology or malice uh, irrespective, unstable people with access to weapons of war are committing atrocities, and that's a uniquely American experience. In in the midst of all this, like despite the clockwork regularity of this mass uh, gun violence, uh, Democrats are somehow like extremely dumb on the messaging around guns. We talk about uh, individual remedies, attachments, and some people who are in extreme positions of power that would know like are supposed to know about the caliber of these weapons or how heavy they are uh the number of you know millions of the firearms that are out there uh, that you would have to take from people if you want to do a full buyback as uh, certain presidential campaigns have uh supported that idea uh even joe biden one of our front runners uh recently suggested that dna could somehow be used to like lock down all guns this this is really like unacceptable uh for a party that's smart on a lot of messaging about a lot of things this is one that like it just can't be this way uh our, our messaging can't be like really dumb on guns and and we have a plan to to try and help the democratic party with this uh because of this we've decided so we'll go deep into what, de uh, what the Democrats can do to be smarter on guns and gun policy in a special episode on guns coming out soon. Uh, but one thing to note about the current state of play is that the Democrats do want to do something and have tried. I think it's important to note. They've passed multiple bills in um, the House of Representatives 
but uh, Mitch McConnell blocks and Trump will never do anything for the rest of his presidency on guns. And I mean, you can just for sure on that. Uh, that's because Trump at the peak of the gun viol- of the violence when every few days it seemed like another white guy was out there with his assault rifle wearing body armor, hunting people down. After a few days of talking about wanting uh, to do something or anything, met with the NRA, made a deal to not touch guns if they'd help him with his legal fees, and they're happy to do that despite being deep in the red. <laughs> Which, yeah. And the, and, the, and the cooperation, the cooperation has been thorough between Trump and the organization most singularly responsible for making sure every mass shooter in this country has had access to as many guns and as much ammo as they can get their hands on. Just a reminder that the NRA is classified as a social welfare organization, which means it's supposed to operate primarily to further the common good and general welfare of the community. The IRS gives the NRA tax exemptions galore. Uh, Letitia James, their charter is in New York. Please, please do something about the NRA. And you know, it, 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 we've talked about this before, but it kind of feels like it. it we could get there. We it could happen. We could get there. Uh, let's not forget the millions of dollars in laundered Russian money. Rubles. Rubles. Millions of rubles uh, headed to the NRA, used on uh, Trump ads by the NRA, in which they illegally coordinated with uh, the Trump campaign to amplify Trump messaging. They underwrote political access for the Russian nationals Maria Butina and Alexander Torshin, uh, more than previously known, even though the two had declared their ties to the Kremlin. And just in the past couple of weeks, we've obtained a uh, leaked mass shooting memo from the NRA. Talking points, you have to see to believe. They blame the left. They blame Antifa. This is a corrupt and evil organization, and we've been able to enjoy uh, every minute of watching them collapse into uh, incredible infighting, which we've covered in previous episodes, and we'll include a great link uh, in the show notes. Uh, they've fallen into incredible debt, mounting legal exposure. Um, We're going to bookend this conversation on gun violence and policy with our own proposals on the other side of the break. But we've got to look at where this puts us in the current 2020 race uh, before we do that. So 2020 race, where are we right now? What are the polls showing us about the state of the field? Um, Well, the main people who we've been paying attention to for the past couple months are still ahead for the most part. It's going to be the Biden and the Warren and, and uh, Sanders up top with like Harris kind of eking herself into their um, major, major movement with Andrew Yang. I think he raised $10 million this quarter, which is crazy, crazy. He's somewhere around 8% in the polls. I think he want, he looks like he's, positioned to break into that next or in, in that uh that top group we'll have to see what happens after the next debate the next one is coming up on the 15th of october so that'll be exciting um we expect perhaps more dropouts before then you know people when they get to that debate stage they'll know pretty quickly and that's what happened with the last one uh we had quite a few leave the race between the climate forum and the you know the most recent debate so we're in a really interesting place where the cream is sort of rising to the top uh there's still plenty of time we're still just over a year away from the election and there's still plenty of time for people to move but we are seeing uh, a, a matriculation of the uh, uh 
the biggest uh, candidates to really get that fundraising support behind them. And uh, with that comes more scrutiny, comes more attacks against them. Our favorite person in the world, Jacob Wall, came out this week with another like hit stunt. He tried to do this against uh, special counsel Robert Mueller while he was still the special counsel and investigating Russia, saying he'd had some uh, sexual affair. Uh, this time he trotted out some young Marine to say that Elizabeth Warren had had some affair. Uh, the information warfare is escalating. I don't know how Jacob Wall is not in prison right now for all the shit that he's done, but you, you have to expect that they're going to start gunning in dangerous ways. Everybody's trying to hack. Everybody's trying to do these types of activities to damage campaigns trump out there as we've just talked about uh trying to take his biggest uh threats down in any way that he can it's taking its toll on people one of the things that we just heard about last week was uh bernie sanders having a uh some type of surgery for uh some type of heart attack that he just had it's it's getting crazy it's getting stressful um one moment that I, I put a note in here about that I've really seized on uh, uh, before dropping out, Kirsten Gillibrand sent out a really lovely tweet uh, that we retweeted because she had requested that people donate to her friend Cory Booker to help him make the uh, next debate stage. And I thought that was fucking cool of her. The uh, internal slack of the Booker campaign lit up with people very excited about this. Um, the Democrats are on the same team, and we have to remember that we may not have the best messaging when it comes to gun violence. We definitely don't have very good messaging whenever we talk about health care. Uh, we love to kick off every debate, these big moments where the spotlight is really on us with extremely nuanced and granular discussions and attacks on each other about who has the best health care ideas. And I don't want to say that's useless, but does not help our broader messaging and breaking through to the people about uh, what the Democratic Party is really about. Contrast that with the state of all of our messaging around immigration, where everybody's pretty unified. It's pretty incredible, but not as difficult when you look at the types of things that Trump is doing uh, from a policy perspective on the crisis at the border. We still have children in cages and inhumane conditions in these concentration camps. Ice raids are still going on. Trump has done this emergency declaration where he's just raiding DOD funds for, you know, that were earmarked for like overseas installations that are meant to shore up our NATO allies. They were going to go to like West Point. They were going to go to the families of military service members. It's that alone is horrible. And it's easy to push back against that because there is unity in the resistance. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, the cruel, the cruelty policies are the, are probably one of the easier things to say, like, look, this is wrong. Just deporting the sickest people, keeping children in cages. You see these pictures. It's, it's a unifying thing to see. And you read that New York times article that just came out that talks about Trump's crazy ideas for what he wanted to do with the border shoot them in the legs a moat with snakes and alligators electrifying the fence with spikes on top and people are gonna say like like oh well either like he was taken out of context or he was just being hyperbolic well well, like no No. No, 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 no no if even if even if he was being hyperbolic 
to to joke about just shooting him in the leg because 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 what what i if i don't if i'm not, uh, recalling correctly he proposed just shooting them and they're like well you can't just shoot them and he was like well then just shoot them in the legs are you fucking eight years old? like how, yeah who who can rationalize that unbelievable yeah well and you know <laughs> this will this will seem like like a much more less significant uh or less cruel point but also like taking the land and i'll pardon you later like that is some imperial bullshit yes. man like how like that's that's there are talking points to be had and it's crazy that immigration might be an easy argument to have there's a lot of like granular debate to have about immigration and border policy, but we don't have to do that when it comes to the Trump administration because they make it very easy for us. And it makes us very incensed. It gets us triggered. Uh, I don't know. It's This is like a great time to talk about how and where we're fighting back against this kind of shit. Specifically on the border we saw the Senate, they voted, the Senate, not the House, but the Senate voted to end this, like, bullshit emergency declaration and to try and stop the plundering of these millions and millions of dollars. Eh, I think Trump has already vetoed it, but they'll, I mean, they'll get another crack at it. It's its important that even the Senate is able to get on board with something like that. It's telling. It is telling. It's a, it's a, a, a development. Where else are we fighting back? Impeachment has caused a big procedure change in the House. So rather than this like five minutes, five minutes, five minutes back and forth thing, we can bring out somebody like Barry Burke, who's a career prosecutor and can expose somebody like Corn Lewandowski as a fucking liar. And we've changed enough of the procedure that we can just like slap somebody with a contempt charge the next time they want to get up there and stonewall or do all this bullshit where they try not to uh, appear even if they're not somebody in the administration where else where else are we fighting back courts courts are stepping in and stopping some of these worst crimes uh against humanity at the border they're saying children being kept in these conditions where they don't have blankets access to fresh water feminine hygiene products or you know regular food where they're drinking out of toilets like all those things we know are incredible crimes against humanity and super illegal and the courts are starting to enforce uh you know making sure that uh cbp and others who are detaining children away from their families have to treat some of these people with dignity or some semblance of humanity. Uh, it's that alone is, is crazy enough, but the one we really want to talk about is, uh, deplatforming. That's a big one where we're fighting back in the, uh, the battle front of the internet. The major social media companies are are all like deplatforming and fighting back against people who are pro-Trump and uh, not just casually pro-Trump, but the the amplifiers and the alt right. Uh, YouTube has been a big one where they are uh, demonetizing alt right content. They're removing alt right content, including uh, gun content, which they've been doing for a long time since they had a shooting at YouTube headquarters out in California. Um, but kudos to YouTube; they're increasing that. Reddit. Reddit is a topic we have covered in every episode so far for a reason. Uh, as people who study the communication and messaging of the current internet and its best practices, we have to talk about the influence that Reddit has over its 330 million monthly active users. Um, in case you are one of the people who isn't terribly familiar with Reddit, it's a content-driven board made up of uh, sort of unique topical subcommunities called subreddits which hold this sort of like ongoing popularity contest for uh votes um 
on what is interesting or good or funny or, or worthy of sharing. And, and the cream of the content rises to the top to use that expression again. Um, for every subreddit that exists to talk about dogs or gardening or hiking, there are subreddits dedicated to anarchy. And there's a big one called the Donald that we've talked about. Uh, the Donald, we should dive into the Donald because we've, we've mentioned it and we've got some questions about it from our listeners. Uh, we should talk about the way that uh, it's shut down, which we talked about last pod has caused a sort of ripple effect through the alt-right community. Do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah. Tell, tell our listeners what the Donald is and, and how they operate. Okay. Um, the Donald is a pro-Trump meme factory that just turns out inflammatory content to be reposted around the internet. Uh, the community has grown to over 760,000 subscribers and has been ranked as one of the most active communities on Reddit. Uh, they were known for brigading together in coordinated efforts to game the Reddit, Reddit algorithm with the voting, and it allowed them to push their just heinous content onto the, the quote-unquote front page, the, the first place that you go when you come onto Reddit, right? Uh, and in front of these 330 million monthly active users, regularly before Reddit added a new feature to their system, which lets them quarantine content from that community it doesn't stop it from existing but it does stop it from appearing on the the home page you as a as a as a user who has not changed their their preferences their subreddit preferences will not be exposed to these these things unless you opt into it yeah uh, and that brigading together to get those uh you know to move the votes and and game the system is also against the terms of conditions of the website it's one thing for our Game of Thrones to band together to game the algorithm to raise money for disease re research for one week. And it's another thing entirely to routinely share conspiracy theories and content that is racist, misogynistic, and Islamophobic, transphobic, and anti-Semitic. Uh, uh, to, to get a little bit further into the weeds, and excuse me for being wonky here, a, a quantitative analysis found that the Donald is an important influencer of news content on Twitter, with the board contributing 2.97% of mainstream news links and then 2.72% uh, of alternative news links on Twitter, as a fraction of all links co-appearing on Twitter, Reddit, and 4chan. Uh, the researchers concluded that... Uh, Fringe, so quote, fringe communities often succeed in spreading alternative news to mainstream social networks. They also calculated that the Donald has hosted 35.37% of URLs from 54 alternative news sites like Infowars on Reddit. Think uh, about that. Over a third of all of the links that get, you know, spammed out by Infowars to the Alex Jonesy types and the Breitbarts of the internet, those CD areas, which you're familiar with, they come from r slash the Donald on Reddit. It's really, it's really, it's really genuinely crazy. Uh, so shutting down the influence capacity of the Donald has sent some people to other places where they're trying to build communities and safe spaces for the extreme and alt-right flavored content that is generally not welcomed in the rest of civilized society and is detrimental to the business interests of profit-driven social media companies. They don't want Nazis on their site. Yeah, Nazis aren't good for business. Reddit is banning and quarantining subreddits at a higher rate than ever before. Uh, alt-right was banned over a year ago 
Nazi subs like Clown World War and Million Dollar Extreme have been banned. The Great Awakening, which was the biggest QAnon subreddit, uh, was banned. Roger Stone, Roger Stones had R the Stone Toss or R Stone Toss, uh, that was banned. Cringe Anarchy was banned. White Rights has been banned, and Incels has been banned, and several other iterations several of Incels. Other. We can't, we can't keep up with all of them there are places that do keep up with this and we can share those as well in the show notes uh reddit reddit is a massive vector uh for the spread of like the toxic and dangerous alt-right cancer and they they recognize it maybe we don't give them enough credit for at least trying to fight against it and you know navigating the pushback they get over censorship um but but there's still a lot of work to be done um these conspiracy theory areas and these fringe ideologies are, are cancerous. They cause a rot in society and it really only leads society down the paths of more violence and civil strife. And, you know, I understand the alternative to dealing with like seeing content from these people is like pretty much stay off social media. And I know, I know that's not feasible for anyone at this point, including ourselves. Um, but take it from me, take it from people who spend a lot of time on the internet. You have to moderate as with all things. If you're going to spend time on the social media parts of the internet, you have to do us a favor though and understand that these may be great ways to connect with people and keep in touch with your friends and family, but they are attack vectors. Uh, the Mueller report made that very clear. Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, these are hugely influential parts of our culture and our collective, you know, our internet experience and are thus targets for manipulation by places like Iran, places like Russia, Israel as well. Uh, the black cube types, like they, they see these as places where they can influence the United States, our voting habits. Facebook used to advertise themselves as a place that was great for political campaigns. Uh, they embedded somebody with Trump <laughs> campaign in 2016, 15, uh, because they're so good at manipulation. And Facebook is stepping their game up as well. I mean, we should mention that they removed a huge uh, page that was called like American pride or I don't even remember what it was, but it was run out of Ukraine. And that one had millions of people involved in, you know, being influenced by that. And it was uh, essentially a carbon copy of the troll farms that we've seen before, where that's just people cranking out uh, content and misrepresenting themselves as if they were American patriots or something. So Facebook is fighting it. Uh, Reddit is fighting it. We're fighting it. We're fighting against Twitter bots and botnets specifically. We'll talk a little bit more about it. But one of the fun things that we get to do is text searching uh, different things that are we know are bot posts. And, and we can sweep up dozens or even hundreds of bots at a time. We're using tools, uh, tools that are put out by Mike Farb at Unhack the Vote to very quickly determine the likelihood that a post is from a bot. We're reporting them. We're killing them whenever we can, whenever we see them. Um, if you, side note, are a person who knows React, how to code in React, or uh, Angular IO, uh, Angular 2.0, not Angular JS, um, and you want to work with us on building an application to automate that process that we just described and uh, deploy it ASAP against you know all all the people out there who are running these bot farms. Uh, then you need to reach out to us at lurichstrategic.com because uh, that project is in the pipeline. It's in the works. We're trying to put a team together to do that, uh, to take down botnets. We'll get into it a little bit more on the other side of the break. Uh, but first, a quick word. Please stick around. Hey, guys. It's Kevin. Uh, just wanted to take a moment here to talk to you about Fair Fight 2020. You might remember Stacey Abrams in the Georgian gubernatorial race and how she should have won 
but due to widespread voter suppression, her election was stolen from her. So she's raising money all across the nation to register voters, make sure every vote is counted, and make sure everybody has an equal chance to get to the ballot. So go to Fair Fight 2020 and donate today. Welcome back. Time to get into what we've done. Kevin, take it away. What's your latest? Yeah, so our conspiracy, not our conspiracy, but our slash conspiracy, uh, it still exists and puts out some crazy shit, honestly. Um, and when we were talking earlier in the pod about um, how Reddit has started to quarantine and all-out ban different subreddits, this plays into a lot of their ideology anyway. So it becomes difficult for the companies themselves because they say free speech, which is not covered by private companies, but whatever. Um, but they say they're holding us down. They're part of the of the conspiracy. They're part of, you know, the, the deep state is holding us down. The deep state has, has Reddit in their hand now. Why was shadow banned for doing this thing? And then... Conspiracy has this this catch-22 of what do we do when there's content that breaks our rules? Because they do have rules. Like, you you can't uh, you can't incite violence is one thing. And it's you aren't supposed to have political ideology in anything you say. Like, the enemy... Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we found is that they have no control over it. And a lot of the moderators on our conspiracy are Trumpy people. What it really ends up actually being is that the lizard people are the Jews. It's yes. it's it's all an anti-Semitic trope that, that says, like, it's the globalists, which Trump uses. He uses that word. That's a dog whistle that he uses often. Absolutely. When you think about the, uh, which we've probably talked about so many times, but the, the meme that he shared with Hillary Clinton and the the star and all of the, the dollar bills, that came from 8chan. I, I, mean, I mean, like, you look back at some of these things and you say, how was that not enough? Yeah, H-Han, the place where the Christchurch, Christchurch New Zealand shooter posted his manifesto first. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and that's that's another thing is that these it, I, I, I do believe that we all have the right to have our beliefs. If you want to think that the world is run by by fucking lizards, then fine. That's that's cool. But the danger of of H-Han is that you're spreading plans the way that isis spreads um the van you know how they would say like if you have this much ammo this weapon and this like have a knife and say this when you after you get out of the van like they had a plan for everything hn also does the out the alt-right these these worst types of people like when you get into the granular idea of of the worst alt-right you have to break them down into certain levels of people you have the people who are just just f- sad incels sitting alone who who fell into that and then you have these radical people who are willing to commit physical atrocities like go hold up traffic on the hoover dam looking for conspiracy shit like pizzagate guy who is going to go look for hillary clinton's child sex slaves in the in the dungeon of a pizza parlor like those 
kind of people are susceptible to these crazy conspiracy theories. And they've and they've been suppressed for for a long time and and over the past d- couple decades they've been able to find each other online and that's why they all stay there. That's why they they hold this up. 8chan has lost money every single day since it's come out. It is n- it is a it is a losing company, but the people who uh, run it and fund it, which is this dude out in the Philippines living with like five other people in in some in it's very 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 interesting rabbit hole that we definitely don't have time to go down right now. But they're willing to lose money because it's more than just a place to share memes for them. It's a place to spread their ideology and maybe get us to a point where we're almost getting kind of. Kind of like a, a, it's it's like the idea of the caliphate with ISIS. They they want everything to be the way that they believe it should be. That all these safe spaces, all these liberals, all these, uh, they're so afraid of trans trans people because it's somehow they're getting rights, but we're not. Is their their thinking? It's just so backward. Victimhood complex. It is, and you know, it's just it's just it's very dangerous. It's very scary. Uh, it's. It's a lot, and we subject you to it <laughs> every week. You're in these uh, these spaces, and that's one of the tasks that you've been keeping us updated on. You're becoming an expert on the way these uh, spaces, like eight chan, four chan, and r slash conspiracy works. What's the other one? The app that you've uh, made an account in? Parlor. Yes. Um, Parlor continues to pretty much be what I expected it to be. There's some people on it. From what I've found, it's kind of a close-knit community now and mostly a place for Breitbart to put their news out. It's just another channel. Um, Alex Jones puts his podcast out there all the time because he's been deplatformed all over the place but obviously will not be deplatformed on Parler. So instead of being what it was supposed to be, which was supposed to be a just conservative um, social media, um, it didn't quite take so now it has become another kind of alt-right you see a lot of like the the initial post or our news article might be something along the lines of like uh ilan omar said this thing that's that's that makes me uncomfortable here's what they said but then the comments are like kill her yeah um so I don't think it's gonna. I don't. I don't know. I, it's it's interesting to follow. I I don't know where it's gonna go, but it has radicalized more and has not been the conservative bastion that they expected. And is actually well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to put intentions in their heads, but it it was not the way it was billed. You know, we ex- we they said that it was supposed to be a conservative outlet. It is a radical outlet now, and um. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep watching it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't seen anything too crazy, but it's just there's not a lot of um, continuity on Parlor right now. Well, when we do see something crazy, we will probably be escalating it to the FBI or the relevant authorities if we see like these threats of violence. You know, we want to try and take them seriously because a lot of them do uh, pretend to actual actual violence in the real world. That's a lot of people a lot of these areas are where people announce their intent to do violence before doing it. Uh, so that's one of the things that we want to stay on top of as it's a, uh, as it's an area that the Trump administration has deprioritized and defunded. So 
uh, I appreciate you doing that. Appreciate you giving us the update. Uh, anything else before we move on? Um, just I, I had one more note here just about um, that Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter, and all these different like major companies, they do work with law enforcement. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's good that it, it makes me a, a little bit more comfortable knowing that at least they're no longer in the area that they were before, which was we can't touch it because the free speech propaganda had was working. But I think that it's gone over the edge now, and now it's not cutting into profits to uh, take action when it's needed. Yeah, we saw them... Uh take action against some U.S. Army soldier. I don't know if they were like a active duty or a reservist or whatever, but they uh, found some guy who was making these types of terrorist threats and had intended on carrying out acts of violence and had made some types of st- steps towards acquiring more weapons and explosives or whatever, and they uh, they arrested that guy just not long ago. It might have been in Texas. I'll have to check on that, but they are doing that, so mm-hmm. you know, credit to them where they do, but... Absolutely. I think we need to move on to uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. This is where we are. Uh, We have been uh, doing quite a lot of work in North Carolina and covering a lot of interesting developments here. Uh, We have an election coming up in just a couple of days. It's in October for some reason, like a month ahead of uh, November elections, just because we are special like that. Um, We worked uh, on the campaigns in the ninth district here, heavily, heavily gerrymandered uh, race uh, for uh, Dan McCready. We did a lot of um, ad data sampling in the 9th District just because people were more politically activated for this special election, which was just marred by all sorts of uh, controversy and uh, cheating from the North Carolina GOP, which is just hideously corrupt. Um, We've taken that data now. We're sort of crunching through it, uh, sharing it with some of our colleagues at Swing Left with whom we uh, we work. Uh, anyone else who wants to reach out, you know, Crooked Media, if you want some of this stuff. I know you're doing a lot of polling. We, uh, we're happy to share any data that we have. Uh, just earlier in September, uh, in fact, on a specific day in September, the 11th, while most of the Democrats were out at uh, memorials or events, uh, uh, concerning the uh, 9-11 attacks, uh, a essentially a coup happened in the North Carolina General Assembly while, where all of the Republicans showed up sort of secretly to do a, a budget veto override. The governor had vetoed a horrible budget. And the Republicans do still have a majority in the North Carolina General Assembly, which is uh, bicameral. But they don't have a supermajority anymore. We worked very hard uh, on initiatives like break the majority just to prevent them from being able to do a budget veto override. And that's exactly what they did. The North Carolina Republicans have shown time and again that they just do not give a fuck about democracy. Our districts are gerrymandered to shit. You may have heard, I think we've covered this, that courts have found that our electoral state districts needed to be redrawn they've just done that Uh, we're still not happy about where they're at but they did win over and over in the courts and so now they're using that electoral or that uh court victory to challenge our federal districts um which are also gerrymandered like you wouldn't believe um so we're gonna follow that court challenge as that goes through so expect some updates on that uh down the road 
other things happening in North Carolina politics. We're, we are going to have upcoming Senate races. Tom Tillis, especially, we really need to get rid of his seat. They have my number blocked every time I call them to complain about what a gutless coward uh, Tom Tillis is. Um, I was I just met with uh, the Senate Majority Pack uh, a couple weeks ago now and, and talked to them about what we might be able to do together to uh, get rid of Tom Tillis. So maybe expect some updates um, as we round the corner into the new year. What else are we getting into? You hear about uh, practicing safe sex often. Operational security uh, was our first uh, downloadable piece of content that we uh, put out in newsletter form. And it's now on our uh, website available for download anytime. If you want to get some best practices from us on how to run your operation in a, a secure way, uh, take types of steps that are bigger than just like putting two-factor authentication on your emails. Um, there's lots of great knowledge on there. You get that for free. Um, the other thing to announce is that we have our next installment in that uh, it's about personal security, uh, the per sec uh newsletter slash download is going to come out uh, this month. It's going to contain all sorts of cool best practices such as history scrambling devices that will help you anonymize yourself or uh, change the way advertisers track who you are. Um, we talk about Proton Mail in the Persec download. It's really cool. Uh, new mail service, which you should totally use uh, if you are not the kind of person who may be subject to public records requests. Uh, it will delete your mail after a certain time after you've opened it. It um, is very, very secure. A lot of journalists are using it. Bellingcat is the organization that put us onto it. We are not uh, paid endorsers of Proton Mail. We are using Proton Mail uh, because it's a very effective personal security type of product, and you should just uh, check it out. And then the other thing we mentioned at the top. Uh, that's in the, the Persec download is unhack the vote. There are tools out there that you can check out, which are very cool. Um, instantly, you can check out if a tweet or something you suspect uh, may be from a bot. You can run it through that. It'll give you the likelihood. It'll give you information about this account, how recently it was created. Um, if there are other types of content out there that are similar in their wording, um, you can find and track down botnets very quickly with this. And we are just looking for ways to build on uh, these tools and uh, make them even more efficient. So uh, check out the download. Go to blueandstrategic.com. That's a really fun one. What else did we do since we last got together? We put out a tweet with a whole load of gun policies. Um, we thought up some like bipartisan gun policies that may uh, have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So... We're going to talk a lot about it in the upcoming gun special episode. Prob I don't know when we're going to put this out, but we, we're going to have to just move it all to uh, one individual specific download for people uh, who can smarten up on guns. And then finally, we're lobbying to try and get Merrick Garland, Judge Merrick Garland, to be the Senate impeachment counselor. The Senate is going to have to hire some lawyers to be their impeachment counselors. Why not make Mitch McConnell have to stare at Merrick Garland, the judge he denied a uh, Supreme Court seat to in one of the most egregious maneuvers in Senate history. You can go You can go to the hashtag Hire Garland uh, and it will take you to the change.org petition that we started. Uh, see if we can't get some public momentum behind hiring Merrick Garland to be the impeachment counsel in the Senate. 
Hey guys, it's Kevin. I uh, just wanted to remind everybody that you have an opportunity with every interaction to register someone to vote. Uh, in today's climate, it's a little bit hard to think, to know how, how can I change any of this. Like it's It's got to be through collective action, which partially yes, but if you bring up to somebody, hey, are you registered to vote? They say no, you say go to vote.org. Could even walk them through it it'll take them two minutes and that could be one more vote if you do that a couple times you could swing an election some of you have asked um do we have an instagram that we can follow the answer is yes we are holding down uh, blue ridge pod instagram handle but we aren't posting to it and here's why we had this in the works for a little while one of the things that we learned in the Mueller report was that the russian troll factory was making these meme pages and cultivating followers with these, you know, super accessible meme pages, um, just gaining enough uh, followers to be sort of influential and then pivoting them to pro-Trump or anti-Hillary types of memes and being uh, very successful doing that, having uh, really high impact impressions doing that model. Um, this model of the bait and switch social media is also used you know, for the powers of good. I'm thinking of Lil Nas X, whose Old Town Road hit is the greatest crossover country trap banger in history. Absolutely. He ran previously a Nicki Minaj fan page, cultivated a lot of people who are interested in hip hop and memes and fun um, and when he decided he was going to release some, some music to that, he had a, a massive following on which to pour that. And, of course, it took off, and you know now he's raiding Area 51 with Billy Ray Cyrus. So uh, we're going to follow that model with our Instagram. We're going to uh, start an Instagram um, for memes that will get us uh, an audience of ideologically aligned people. We're going to cultivate that for as much as we can, uh, get people who are close to our brand values of progressive politics. And this has been a long episode. We got to start uh, wrapping it up. What are we watching for uh, coming up next? Well, uh, we've got about six to 12 months before deep fakes are quote, virtually undetectable. Um, well, you know, we've got we've, the ongoing uh, impeachment, Going to watch for what the next iteration of Trump openly calling for interference in our elections. See what happens with, with Roger Stone. That's going to be fun. We're looking forward to that. And then as the impeachment continues to spiral, like Trump is going to keep obstructing and he's going to keep doing crimes. If there's one thing you can set your watch by, it's Trump's crime family syndicate has an incredible like crime per week ratio. And... It's not going to stop. They're going to keep doing crimes. We're going to keep watching them. We're going to keep covering them. And uh, we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, when we uh, sit down next time. So it's time to wrap it up. Here's the part where we step back from all this depressing stuff. And we say, what are you looking forward to in you know the next week or two or month? Uh, that's going to get you away from all this and keep you energized, Kevin. Well, um, we've had summer for six months now yep. um and it just started to feel like fall i tried fishing a couple times over the past couple months and caught one here and there but it's just so hot that all the fish were sticking in the in the deeper parts of the lake you know it's just haven't been able to do much and now that like 
big change in temperature drop is going to send them all up to the up to the shore. They're going to try and fatten up for the winter. Uh, we're 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 at like 70 degrees over in the Cape Fear River here in North Carolina. Once it hits 65 degrees, the big like 50, 60 pound flatheads come up towards the dam. So we're going to catch some big catfish. I'm looking forward to some cool nights, the big fire. Nice oh, cold yeah. beer and a big catfish on the end of the line. Oh God, that's a beautiful picture. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for that too. It's been the longest summer and the hottest summer in you know recorded history. So that's that's a nice one. I uh, personally, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the amount of time that I'm spending in front of the TV watching sports. It's a beautiful time if you love sports. Uh, you know, college football is back. NFL football is back. Uh, NBA basketball is in its preseason. Uh, hockey, they're, they're in their playoffs. Uh, MLB baseball is in the playoffs. You're about to be. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a nice distraction, and it's a nice way to get like away from CNN or MSNBC or whatever it is that you're. You know, maybe uh, if you're like me and you have you know podcasts on, if you're listening to Muller She Road or whatever, you know, the crooked media podcasts and your living room is just like full of politics through the day. When the evening comes around, you know, getting able to turn on some interesting sports or, you know, whatever it may be uh, to get away from that stuff is, is excellent. So we got to, we got to start rolling the, uh, the outro music. We got to start saying thank you. Thank you to everybody who is uh, listening to the pod. Who's made it this far. If you, want to learn more about our mission how you can get involved please check us out at blueridgestrategic.com we're relinked to our personal socials if you want to be in touch with us directly you can always send us an email blueridgestrategic at gmail.com or at protonmail.com um, especially if you have corrections for us uh, we love corrections and we'll have you to do corrections if you find any for us uh, specifically if you're a communications professional or a volunteer you're working on elections or progressive issues and you want to reach out to us and talk to us about what we can do to assist you in your mission don't hesitate to reach out uh, we will share more skills more best practices we'll share everything we've got with you uh, please just reach out if you like the content you've been hearing please consider leaving us a rating or a review thank you to everybody who already has and then finally please share this stuff uh, it helps spread the good word um, take care of yourself take care of each other I've been Aaron. I've been Kevin. This is Blue Ridge Strategic. We'll see you next time.